threatening height despite her distance from me. Her clothing shrouded her in darkness whereas light surrounded us, burning my eyes. She turned towards me slowly. Her gaze held an infatuated stare, shining from a startlingly black eye and a vibrant blue one. The blue eye had caught my attention. I couldn't look at anything else. Slowly the girl lifted a hand that had been behind her back. In it, she held a gun. I watched in horror as she raised it to the right side of her head. A noise arose out of the lights around me. It sounded like a bird that repeated over and over and over and over and over. February 10th, 2016. Wednesday, 5.59 a.m. James. Every time James's alarm clock turned on, it would click, then belt out a beeping noise. Each and every sound it made would make him shoot awake, feeling sick. He wanted to destroy it. In fact, he usually made it a point to punch the snooze button as opposed to pressing it in hopes it would break one day. He didn't hit it today, though. When his alarm sounded, he didn't shoot awake. His eyes simply opened. His dream quickly faded from his mind like a light bulb burning out. He lay there in his bed, long enough to let the indefatigable chirping become unbearable. Behind the persistent squawking, he could hear his mother and twin sister Amy making breakfast. The smell of hastily microwaved waffles wafted into his room. He slowly stood up and tapped his alarm clock. Outside of his room, the familiar scene of his mother chasing Amy lay before him. His mother always made sure there wasn't a mess while Amy ran from each cabinet to the next and prepared food. Amy had brown and purple streaked hair that was tied up in a ponytail that went through the back of her baseball cap and bobbed up and down as she dashed about in the kitchen. She had suntanned skin and freckles dotted her face, arms, and chest. She wore small pink studs in her ears and a pink and gray jacket, under which she wore a white tank top and a pair of tight denim jeans. After a fruitless chase, the twins' mother stood in the middle of the kitchen. She held a wooden spoon in one hand and kept the other hand in her hair as she watched Amy zip around. Despite the mess Amy always made, her cooking got James out of bed in the morning without fail for nearly six years. After slowly and methodically making his way to the coffee maker and pouring a mug, he made his way to the table. Making his best effort to avoid the puddles of bacon grease and broken eggshells, he sat down and pulled out his phone. The moment it opened, his sister slammed a plate of food in front of him, breathing heavily. Ah. Oh, good morning, James. Enjoy. Um. Aren't you gonna eat? No, I'm watching my figure. <laughs> yeah, watching it shrink with your metabolism. <laughs> yeah, I just need to grab my waffles. Then, she dashed away again. James grabbed his mother's arm before she could go chasing after her. She's just grabbing a waffle. There's very little way for her to make a mess. His mother sat back down at the head of the table. Sure enough, right before Amy reached the table, she tripped. James watched calmly as several waffles flew through the air and landed flawlessly on an empty plate on the table. James looked below him in time to see Amy shoot up from the ground and pretend nothing ever happened. That was impressive. James motioned to the waffles that were just slightly off center of the plate they landed on. Amy took a deep breath and sat down. I did that on purpose. Their mother laughed, which she normally never did. The twins grew up watching their mother more than she watched them. Neither child understood why their mother acted the way that she did but both of them assumed it was related to the death of their father, whom they had never met. Their mother had remained in denial until the twins had entered middle school. 
It took her leaving Amy in the care of their father, who of course never showed up, to convince her she needed help. At that time, she had started seeing a doctor. Every once in a while, she would have an exceptionally bad day, and she would insist that their father still live somewhere on Earth. It seems today would not be one of those days. When they finished eating, James and Amy walked outside. The moment they opened the door, a frigid February breeze punched the twins in the gut. Today would be warmer than the days prior, due to the Earth pulling itself from a particularly cold winter. The grey sky hid the sun from the twins' eyes as they took their first steps out of their house. Their house sat in a small neighborhood that mostly only held older people that were retired. The only other child in the area happened to be James's girlfriend. James, are you feeling okay? You seem a little... off this morning. James hesitated. Nothing got past Amy. He had barely registered that something was wrong, but now that Amy brought it up, there could be no doubt in James's mind that something had to be off. But it didn't matter how he felt, Amy shouldn't worry over anything. I'm fine, Amy. Catch up! Evie. White concrete walls reached high into the air where they met with the ceiling and a strong bond that kept the massive facility standing. Heavy-duty lights hung from the ceiling and shed a white glow across every inch of the massive room. Evelyn Williams stood in the center of the room, glaring at her adversary, who scowled back. For the last time, I don't care. His voice boomed through the room and rattled Evie's bones. If she didn't know any better, she would have said that his voice shifted the lights hanging above them. The man was understandably fed up with Evie, as this was one of many times that she argued with him to get her way. Only this time, she wasn't arguing for her own sake. Evie looked up into his dark eyes. He stared back without flinching. Slowly scanning the man's face, Evie looked for any way she could get her way. She had a way of knowing. A human might even call it a superpower. Alas, his face seemed to be an impenetrable wall. She lost this battle. She looked around the man to the screen, where a picture of the target was displayed. His long legs supported his lean torso as he walked. He sported an orange sweater and gray jeans. His hair, short and dirty blonde with almost matching brown eyes. He had large black gauges in his ears. Next to him walked a cute girl, about his height, with a pink ponytail protruding from the back of a pink and gray baseball cap. She had clear muscle definition and walked with bouncy energy, yet she still held the same graceful gait as the boy beside her. She wore a jacket that matched her hat and a low white shirt that exposed the freckles on her chest. Evie felt her face turn red and had to wrench her eyes away from the screen to focus them on Samuel's stubborn grey ones. I'm not doing this for myself, Samuel. Air isn't ready for a mission yet and she'd be gutted if she messed up. The master remained silent. Evie hated arguing with the man. He always acted as her father figure, but she knew how scared Era had been. Era isn't ready for a mission. Reluctantly, Evie turned away and walked out of the room. As she let the door slam behind her, a girl detached herself from the wall and approached her. I can tell by your face that it didn't work. Although Evie was older, she looked up to Era. Ever since Era died and showed up here, she had helped watch over Evie as an older sister would. Up until now, she had been successful in keeping Evie from dying. Again. Era had a stubborn face and usually looked angry about something. She had tattoos lining her arms and on almost every square inch of her tan body except her neck and face. She wore mostly dark grey tank tops, dark jeans, and beanies which fit her jaded and dejected personality well. She had light green eyes and brown hair with the servant's signature blonde streak through it. I'm sorry, Era. The old bugger remains dead set on this mission. It isn't a good idea to go against your elders. 
He has his reasons. Evie and Era shot to attention at the sound of Ensley's voice. Ensley, a tall, intelligent woman, acted as the pair's adopted mother and happened to be the most mature of the trio. She usually followed the rules of the master to the letter. Her deep blue eyes, only one of which ever saw past her brown hair, were a significant contrast to the typically dark colors with splashes of red that she wore. What's his name again? James Carthist. The school day was going as slow as ever. James sat at a table for lunch with Amy and his girlfriend Elizabeth Parker. Elizabeth was a head shorter than James and usually picked a little food off of his plate since she could never bring or buy any food of her own. She always refused to let James pay for her lunch, however. I don't need a full meal, Liz always said. James loved lunchtime. It was the only time he could come alive, and one of the only times he could be with Amy and Liz at the same time. All day, he sat in boring classes where if he made a joke, he got scolded. But lunch changed that. He could laugh and tell jokes with Liz and share stories about him and Amy. Liz could make him laugh like no one else. He didn't laugh today, though. He sat down at the table with Amy following him, looking worried. Liz sat down next to him and immediately saw something wrong. Even though James and Amy were twins, Liz could always read them best. As usual, Liz knew exactly what to do. She grabbed his shoulder and pulled him into a hug. James melted into her. This is his safe place. After a few seconds, James pulled away and looked at Liz. Today, she wore a white shirt with a black eye symbol of some band in the center, with tight jeans and a pink jacket. Her long red hair tumbled down around her shoulders, just as James liked it. Thanks, James said quietly, reaching down for the small, barely edible bun that sat on his styrofoam lunch tray. You can tell me what's wrong later. Now, what can I eat? Throughout lunch, Liz would wave away any of James's friends that were to ask, what's wrong? After lunch, the rest of the day followed the same boring trend. He had no classes with either his sister or Liz. They weren't particularly hard classes, but they were abysmal. James always excelled in school, but he never took any difficult classes. Just living tended to be much more important than whatever college he would be forced to go to. After school, Liz, James, and Amy walked to the park that separated Liz and James's house. The park sat about a block away from each of their homes and was the traditional late-night meeting point. The bottom of the sun tickled the top edge of the mountain range to the west, and the sky grew darker by the minute. A thick fog had enveloped the terrain. When they arrived at the park, James and Liz found the nearest bench and sat down. Amy stood awkwardly for a second before speaking. Uh, hey, lovebirds, I'm gonna head home and let you two be. Once Amy began walking away, James leaned his head on Liz's shoulder. What's been bothering you, Jay? Liz asked quietly, absentmindedly playing with his hair. I don't know. Do you know how animals have been known to act strangely before a bad storm? Liz was quiet, pondering James's thought. Yes, I guess so. I feel like something bad is about to happen. Like a bad storm, or, or, or a death. And I get anxious, think something horrible is coming. I calm myself down and think, don't be ridiculous. But then I just feel crazy. Liz laid her head in his lap, kicked her boots up over the edge of the bench, and looked up at him. You aren't crazy. And even if something bad does happen, you have me. You have your sister and your mom. You have everything you need. This feeling just... <sighs> scares me so much. James, everything is okay. You're just stressed. But... You always tell me to focus on my sources of strength. You should take your own advice. James remained quiet, then slowly smiled. Thanks, Liz. It'll be okay. 
She reached her arms up to grab his neck. James tilted his head down and met her lips with his. They held for a moment, and Liz pulled back. I'm gonna go home. You know how my parents get when I'm out late. James nodded, and Liz sat up. I'll call you later. Love you. She offered her hand and pulled James to his feet. She stole a kiss before he stood all the way up so she could still reach his mouth. Okay. Love you. Liz cupped his face in her left hand. I'll see you in the morning. James smiled and bent down to kiss her one more time before they parted ways. James slowly made his way back home while Liz began the trek back to the awful house she lived in. James knew that one of two things would happen when Liz walked in the front door. Her father would scold her for not coming home earlier, or she would barricade herself in her room to keep from dealing with him. James sighed and looked up at his house. He lived in what had to be the biggest house in the neighborhood. Catherine, the twins' mother, used to have a good job and apparently received a lot of money from their father's passing. Meanwhile, Liz lived in a small decrepit house with her abusive father and her quiet mother. It was for that reason that James invited Liz over as much as possible. The twins' mom never minded, and Liz's parents were used to her running off, so it tended to work out fine. Liz never showed up unannounced, though, and she never asked to come over before being invited. James sighed and opened the front door of his house. The door opened like a gracious host, welcoming him inside, and the view of Amy sitting on the floor waiting met his eyes. Are you doing okay? James asked automatically, sliding his hoodie off his head. Yeah, I was just waiting for you. I got worried. Amy smiled as James walked in the door. He still had the same look in his eyes from that morning, the look that meant his mind was somewhere else. It seems Liz hadn't helped him much. Are you doing okay? Yeah, I was just waiting for you. I got worried. James meandered across the living room to Amy. I'm sorry. Come on, you need some sleep. With that, he set a hand on her shoulder, and they both walked to Amy's room. James walked through the door with her, and then turned to leave. Good night. Amy called. James turned and smiled, with his mouth, not his eyes. Good night. Amy got undressed and hopped into bed. What was wrong with him? He never acted this aloof. While he had always been a calm person, he never moped without reason. He typically had anger issues that would spark up, giving him life. But as far as Amy could remember, he had never been angry at her. Even when she got mad at him, he never retaliated. He just sulked. But his sulking now was different. Amy wasn't mad at him. Liz wasn't mad at him. And even their mother seemed to be happier than usual. Everything was going fine. So what was wrong with James? <laughs>